Portions of this program may be pre recorded. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. If you're in Jacksonville, it's been a little wet, much needed rain. We're so glad that you're joining us today. If you're up in Virginia Beach, listening uh, in Chesapeake, Virginia on the Lighthouse or in Meridian, Mississippi, WMER, or you're listening through the SWAT Radio app or our live stream through the SWATradio.com website, we are glad you're joining us today. I got a, a good friend in the studio today that is my guest. You know, Thursdays are guests. If you're just tuning into SWAT, he's looking around because uh, he's a funny guy, too. Um, well, I've had the privilege of knowing uh, Howdy for a long time. Uh, he is on my board, the board of His Light International Ministries, which is the parent of SWAT radio and SWAT Bible studies. And I'm just so uh, thankful that he and the other guys helped me because I need a lot of help. But, um, Anyway, uh, Howdy runs one of the best uh, restaurants in town called Jumping, Jumping, not no G, just Jumping Jack's House of Food on Beach. You've heard us mention it many times because best burgers, best chicken sandwiches around, even though he doesn't eat the chicken. Um, but uh, Howdy, welcome to SWAT Radio. Thanks for having me, Doug. I appreciate it. Howland Russell Jr., right? That is correct. Yeah, Howland Russell Jr. Uh, Howdy is, uh, you and I go way back. We we go back quite a bit. I, I think we first met at Christian Family Chapel, right? Early on, when uh, uh, early 2000s, I think, was when we, we first did. Yeah, and uh, you have been involved in a lot of things as a businessman. You speak all over the country, and help people with businesses, and uh, I'm grateful that you were able to work it out to be here today. Um, just to start off with, I know that your um, your sweet wife, Teresa, has uh, MS. How's she doing? She's doing great. It's a day-to-day struggle. You know, some days are good, and some days are not so good, and we just kind of try not to focus in on it and make it so it doesn't define her life and doesn't define our, our marriage. How long have you been married? Uh, since 1991. Wow. So uh, almost 30 years. Yeah. I, I wasn't going to be able to come up with that number. I was like, uh, I, I know the date. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost 30. That's uh, you're getting there. Uh, and uh, you have how many children? Three children. Yep. All out of the house. Yeah, all are out of the house. Uh, my oldest daughter, uh, Heather, lives across the street from us with our four grandkids. Uh, son in Del Rio at uh, uh, school for the Air Force and a daughter up in Boston. She plays the oboe professionally. Yes, so. right. She is, is she with the Boston Pops? or No, but she, she gets mentored by the guys that are those those players. Those people. So well, you, you have a musical family. You're very musical. In fact, we were talking just before uh, the program. You sing with the, it's called the Big Orange Course here in Jacksonville, right? That's right, right. And then the Heralds of Harmony in Tampa, now, tell people about these two organizations. What? What? First of all, start with the Jacksonville one. What's the Big Orange Chorus? The Big Orange Chorus. Well, they both are barbershop uh, style music choruses. Uh, Do Jack- people still listen to that? 
Um, at least one. You know, uh, <laughs> no, I love Barbershop. I like the harmony. Is that yep. what they're known for, both of them? Absolutely. It is uh, acapella music, and uh, uh, it, it was certainly a, a huge deal, 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s, and then a little bit more of an internal interest for it uh, for the next couple decades. But as acapella music started to become uh, stronger and stronger in the mainstream in the United States, it's got a, a resurgence of... Uh, of definitely younger people that are interested in it. For the longest time, it was uh, the Barbershop Harmony Society was kind of a men's group and kind of a men's thing. Uh, there was a sister group called the Sweet Adelines. Uh, lately, uh, the Barbershop Harmony Society has invited in women into the into the music uh, because it just gives a greater perspective, a greater uh, spectrum of uh, of you know vocal spread. Yeah, and it's a, it's a fantastic sound, and uh, especially in the combined groups where you might have two uh, females and two males singing, uh, the 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 music and the sounds that come out of that are just unbelievably powerful. It doesn't it's it sounds like eight or twelve voices rather than four. Now I take it that you have to audition to be in both these groups, correct? Uh, no, not to be there and not to be part of the group. You might have to um, uh, approve that you know the music in uh, uh, in order to sing in a show or one of the competitions. Uh, but no, you don't have to aud- audition to to sing with them. Uh, they do ask that you that you audition so that they can place your voice so they can put you in the right vocal part. Uh, but. Uh, all you got to do is be able to sing "Happy Birthday" and you're all set. Well, and, and speaking of that, I was going to ask you: Didn't the Big Orange Chorus at one time, or maybe it's an annual thing? Did they go around? Can you hire them to do like greetings or songs for birthdays or stuff? Yes, it's uh, it's it's actually even though Big Orange and the Heralds of Harmony and the uh, select quartets in in each of those courses love to sing and would sing even if you didn't pay them. They love it when they get paid to do that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so singing for happy birthdays, special occasions, special concerts, uh, fundraisers, um, national anthems. Valentines. Singing Valentines. That's singing, what I remember. Yeah. That, that was the big one. Well, yeah. just about every singing Valentine that uh, that a quartet would do from the from the choruses, every, every one you, you, you do, you, you get some tears. Well, well, those I love. I love barbershop. I used to love the old Southern quartet, Bob, mm. the gospel music stuff. But um, hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And the man on the other side of the mic here is Howland Russell, who runs Jumpin' Jack's House of Food. And Howdy, um, as what I know him as, as was very instrumental in us doing SWAT radio. And that's one reason I also wanted you on because um, our listeners, we, we get a lot of compliments from emails and stuff about how the program has affected people. And I wanted to thank you on air for being such an integral part between you and James Lowry. Y'all really have helped encourage us to do this. And it's been very well received Um, just from your perspective with what's going on in the world, how are you doing in the business realm right now? As you have three restaurants here in Jacksonville, correct? Three restaurants. Yeah, you have one on San Jose Boulevard, one out at Atlantic Beach, and then one downtown. And they're really good restaurants. They they do really good what I call comfort food hmm. and um, shakes, 
burgers, fries, chicken sandwiches, salads, all that stuff. Best burger around, I think. Me and Brad used to say that a lot. Um, but you, you got a little drool. Oh, right. thank you. I know. Just thinking about that. So, how are you doing with the COVID and everything that's been happening? How how has that impacted you as a business owner? Well, unlike hurricanes, unlike uh, building issues where you might have a broken building, a fire or a flood or something like that, or uh, something that is local, this is a has been a crisis that has affected the entire earth. Mm-hmm. So um, we're not alone, and we know that the the challenge is was we our business was building, and we were at the uh, we were at an, uh, the top of our game just before this happened. March twelfth, we were having a record week uh, at all three stores. March thirteenth, our business dropped eighty five percent overnight. Wow! So being able to manage the the that kind of uh, of a drop in business, we anticipated that it was going to drop, but. Um, everything from paying bills to uh, you know t- taking care of the customers that are coming in was a huge change. In, uh, well, because you got to have money and and credit to be able to get the supplies to make the food to sell the food, right? Do you, yeah, that's that, that's a the short term issues is is that. I mean, you're aging your bills and you're paying bills from when you were really busy, but now you have no business, so that cash flow is a is a big deal. Uh, but with the things that the state was doing and with the PPP that uh, the federal government was doing, uh, that both of those helped us out tremendously. Bigger issues are things like staff. Um, I mean, our crews were fantastic because they adjusted to that drop in business, that 85% drop in business instantly. Um, our payroll was uh, pretty close to being in line uh, almost immediately within 24 hours. And, uh, and just the, the shift they handled it so well. It was amazing how they uh, they all reacted to it. All the managers did, as well as the hourly staff. So then the next thing is uh, is the guests and the customers. You you want them to continue to to look at your business as a place of refuge and a place where they can get some some good food, something that they're looking for, um, and maybe for for a brief minute be able to escape the problem that's in, invaded the entire earth mm-hmm. you know for that moment so well one of the things i like about your restaurant is when we go out there um when you place your order they give you a card and uh, for some reason i always get the sharpest knife in the drawer uh, so you basically take sayings and they're all positive right every i think all the sayings i don't think there's any sarcastic or cynical it's just they're 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 positive sayings about people right Everyone yeah we want to we want to give a, a we want a positive spin on things we want to be a, like i said that refuge we want to be neighborly to the community around us and we want to we don't want to just call out a name or call it a number although you know some of the every now and then somebody says just call my name just use my name okay we'll be we'll be glad to do that but if we say that you're the sharpest knife in the drawer or the... I uh, love those cards. I mean, you got the sharpest knife in the drawer, but you give... That's one of them, but you, you take these phrases that people have used, and, and it's just kind of fun, you know, because Dana or whoever the person is shouts it out for everybody to hear, and people all kind of go, okay, that's cool. Well, I'm glad you said that because uh, uh, Dana Landis, the manager in the uh, Mandarin store, is a performer by education and trade and personality and came to us and became a manager but when he gets to call out those what we call superlatives yeah yeah he loves to go nuts with no it. he does and he does good well hey you're listening to how and how do you wrestle 
His name's Howlin'. I call him Howdy. When we come back, he's going to share a little bit of his journey with us. I hope you'll stay tuned. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back after this break. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries with my guest today, Howdy Russell of the Big Orange Chorus, the Heralds of Harmony, and Jumpin' Jack's House of Food, and husband extraordinaire of Teresa. Uh, anyway, uh, Howdy, thanks again for being here. Jumpin' Jack's, how'd you come up with the name Jumpin' Jack's? Well, I'd like to say that it was uh, you know, a huge scientific process and all of that kind of thing, but what it really was was the three guys who were involved with the startup of Jumpin' Jacks, which was uh, myself, uh, Charles Moles, and Chris Fusco, who owns several Larrys in town. We got Larry's together. Giant Subs. Yeah, he's the guy that owns the really good ones in town. <laughs> um, we we were trying to come up with a name. We wanted something that was catchy, something that uh, hit on the local, and then something to just kind of fall off the tongue, and yet still told people what we do. And actually, it was Charles who came back to us and goes, well, why don't we just use Jacksonville and call it Jumpin' Jacks? Mm. And uh, then we added to it the house of food without labeling it as a burger place or a pizza place or a chicken place or a salad place. We just want to be able to serve great food. So we called it the house of food. And we checked it a a very intensive, expensive um, um, search to see if uh, it was a protected trademark by, by that, I mean we actually went to Google and just typed it in. And uh, we saw that there was a gymnasium in uh, New Jersey, a uh, kid's gymnasium, and there was a wing place somewhere else, and those were the only places that had Jumpin' Jacks in the title. 
So uh, by adding House of Food on it and by the menu that we had, we um, we took off. Well, that's awesome because it's great. You know, we sometimes we talk about the burgers and the, the chicken sandwich a lot, but the pizza, I know the secret ingredient. I can't tell you or I'd have to kill you, uh, but I do know. Uh, and the pizza crust is amazing. They do breakfast pizza. We have SWAT there every Thursday morning from uh, January to May and from September to December. Dana comes and he sets up pizzas for us. Incredible breakfast pizzas. Now, do your places serve breakfast pizzas at, at all locations or just some locations? Well, um, on weekends, just starting this week, uh, Saturdays and Sundays, uh, both all, all well, both of the locations, Mandarin and Atlantic Beach, will be serving breakfast for those two days. The downtown stores serves breakfast all the days that it's open, which is Monday through Friday right now. Well, my girls love breakfast pizza, and it keeps very well and reheats well. So if you haven't tried that, you want to go out and give that a try. Jumpin' Jack's House of Food, it's so awesome. Uh, well, howdy. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about your story. Uh, where'd you grow up? I was born in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, Dad was in the Air Force. We quickly went to... Right, Pat? Right, uh, yeah, Patterson, that's right. yep. That's correct. And then we went from there to uh, Japan, and we're, uh, I was in Japan for two years. I was the only blonde kid in Japan in 1962. Uh, we came back from Japan and uh, then settled into Texas. Uh, Dad was a flight uh, instructor at Big Spring, uh, and then from there, San Antonio. Um, so I grew up in Texas with a name like Howdy. Um, <laughs> and your dad's name was Howdy, too, right? It, it yeah. was, it was. Um but I he got, probably went by Colonel, Colonel, right? Well, back then, uh, he was just a captain, yeah. and uh, his uh, call sign was Broomtail because of the way that he walked. So oh. those were the <laughs> names that he went by. Um, I, I was determined uh, you know, not to put my son through the same pain that I had to go through, but uh, it didn't work. I, you you yeah. end up naming him Howl- yeah. Howlin' Russell III, yeah, right? Yeah, he's Howdy. He's, he's H3, and he is so much sharper than i was um when i was when i was a kid so much nicer of a person than i was when i was a kid well did so, you grow up in a christian family were your parents believers we were uh, we were kind of the typical uh, christmas and easter uh family uh when we were nuclear uh mm-hmm. before my parents were divorced in uh, 1968 it was uh, obvious that my dad was going to vietnam vietnam my mom kind of had grown up uh, as an, I mean, she became an adult after she got married and uh, was not wanting to be part of the Air Force and not wanting to be uh, married to my dad. And uh, so uh, she actually left my dad for another woman in well, Texas. Back then, that was a big deal, too, right? It was a big deal. Um, and it's we, still a big deal, but back then it was a huge deal. You just didn't hear about that that much. Right? No, especially in Texas. Yeah. And uh, we, obviously, we stopped going to church. Um, at, at that time, Dad went off to Vietnam, and my sister and I went to live with my mom. Um, so still bounced around a couple other places in Texas. I mean, um, we, went, we were in Kerrville. We were in Louisville, a uh, bunch of places in Texas. Ended up going to prep school from uh, from Kerrville Tyvee High School, the home of the antlers. Not even the whole deer, just the horns. <laughs> just the, the antlers. Uh, but it also was the home high school of Johnny Mansell, uh, Johnny Football. Yep. Um, so uh, that's the uh, notoriety of Kerrville, Texas. And I uh, went from there to prep school in Massachusetts. So in 1975, I went from Texas, where the number one sport in Texas was rodeo, wasn't even football. 
to prep school up in Massachusetts where they were right at the end of the busing crisis Mm. um, uh, that was coming out of Boston. And I could not understand what all the strife and rioting was about that uh, with the busing issues up in New England. So um, no, no church and uh, not really Christian upbringing and no, uh, no real examples of how I was supposed to act as a father or a husband. Mm. And so how did God intersect your life with his word? How did that happen? Um, well, you got to fast forward, but even before that happened, I got to say that even as a, uh, agnostic, whatever you want to call it, maybe even atheist, uh, as I was, uh, getting into the workforce and that kind of thing, I still could hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I could not identify it as the Holy Spirit, but I could hear the voice of the Holy Spirit at different parts of my life, just reassuring me, giving me direction and that kind of thing. But as we fast forward, my, uh, my wife, uh, Teresa and I, matched up perfectly with each other. Uh, we got married. We got married in a Catholic church because that's kind of what people expected. Uh, on the night that we got married, after now, we, was she from a Catholic background? She was from a Catholic background, but very much the Christmas and Easter group, the okay. same kind of thing. Her mother was divorced also uh, and father. Um, but the night that we got married, um, at uh, after we had left, her mother was uh, sitting with a friend of hers who was a believer, and her friend shared with her mom, um, you know, the just – the road to Christ, and her mom accepted Christ that night, which incidentally um, um, she gave up smoking that night. She was a pack-to-pack smoker of cigarettes, and she gave up that night, just cold turkey, just threw them out. said, okay, I need to not do that. I need to not uh, you know, go against what I think the Lord wants me to do with my body. And she professed faith that night. Teresa and I come back from our honeymoon, and Teresa was very conversational with her mom. Uh, her mom shared with her the error that she had led her down, and Teresa, uh, pretty quick, quickly, within a month or two, uh, Teresa and her sister uh, both came to Christ. Um, over the next months, Teresa shared with me. We, like I said, we were very conversational. I wasn't defensive against Christianity, but I definitely had more of that uh, C.S. Lewis approach that I had to be convinced of it. Intellectually, you just weren't there, yeah. and you had to work through it in your mind. Huh? That's right. That's right. And, I mean, really work through it. Yeah. And... Uh, um, it, it took me a lot longer. Actually, a pastor at uh, uh, at Mandarin Christian Church, uh, we were friendly with each other, and he walked me down a road of, it sounds like you need to be convinced of it, and said, uh, why don't we go through a little bit of the Bible, and we'll just use the Bible. And I was, you know, not all that excited, but I'm like, sure, sure. And he said, okay, well, let's start with one book of the Bible, and uh, you will read it, and you everything you think is true, you write that down. Everything you think that's false, you write down those passages, and if you have questions, we'll answer that at the end of the week. So we started doing that, and we started into Proverbs. I could find no error. I could find a lot of truth, and I couldn't find any error in it, so I was pretty happy with that part of it. And he said, well, that's good. Let's go to the next one. And so we went to Psalms. Oh, okay, now I got questions. So I had a bunch of things I thought were very true, and then I thought there were some things that was like, well, I got some questions. And he goes, okay, but did you see anything in it that wasn't true? And I said, no. He goes, okay, well, let's just do one more book. We'll see where we're going. And so we went to Genesis. Great book for that kind of stuff. So he goes, okay, any truths? And I said, yeah, there was some, some truths in there. And he said, uh, and you got any questions? I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> how did God flood the world like he did, you know? And how did he make all the water go away? And where did it go to? And I had questions. And he said, well, that's good. It's healthy. Um, and then he said, Do you, did you see anything that was false? Well, no, I didn't see anything that was false. And he's like, okay, so you're in the business world. How do you, we've read three books of the Bible. And so far, how many truths do you have? I had 286 truths. And he says, okay, how many questions have you had? And I said, I've had like 40 questions. 
He goes, great. Have we identified any of the answers to those questions? And I'm like, yeah, about 10 of them. He says, good, good. Uh, and are any of those false? No, they're not. He goes, okay, so how many lies do you have? How many falsehoods do you have? Well, none. <laughs> and he said, well, okay, so if you were reading into a business that had that much truth, you know, do you think this would be a business you'd want to invest in? Well, yeah. He goes, okay, so what's holding you back from, you know, really diving into this and committing yourself to the Lord? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> so uh, uh, later that weekend, uh, was baptized and uh, started down the road. Well, you know, what's interesting is a lot of people that I've talked to over the years that say they have problems with the Bible can never specifically identify anything in the Bible that they believe is a lie. They just don't like something that's there that's said. Um, They don't think in their mind that a creator would do something like that, which, first of all, you you have no ability if you're the created to put limitations on the creator, you know. Uh, but but anyway, getting back to your story, um, you know, we got about a minute before we have to go to break. As you and Teresa began to grow, um, did people mentor you, or did you just go to a local church? Um. Definitely, people were mentored Teresa very quickly. Um, with me, it was we. I just we started to get involved, but m- more of that was conversational between Teresa and I. Just what do we think about this? And we kind of unified ourselves about uh, pathways, where we were going to go, and how we were going to move forward. And the mentoring kind of came along as we needed it. Amazingly, you know, just as it was like, well, you know, I need not listen to uh, that guy. I need to listen to that guy, and. Uh, I needed some specific direction on being a husband, being a father, and those kinds of things. That's when the mentors came down the road. Um, the Bible, did anybody point out the need or the importance of you being in the Word back in that early stage? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dennis Bratton at uh, at Mandarin Christian Church was just absolutely adamant about it's a daily thing. Got to read the Bible every single day. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing that. We're going we're gonna to delve into that a little more when we come back because I want to talk about how your journey included ups and downs and swerves and places you didn't plan on going and how God's word helped you through that. Okay. Hey, you're listening to SWAT radio. Uh, I'm Doug McCary of his light ministries talking to my good friend and brother, Howdy Russell, who owns jumping Jack's house of food. Well, he would tell you God owns it, but he manages it. He's the proprietor. And, uh, he is, uh, with us today sharing his story you want a good burger, go eat at his place. He'll be happy to say hi. Do you hang out at one of them in particular? Not really. All right. You kind of float. He's a floater. I float. So, yeah. So anyway, we're going to be right back with more from Howdy Russell. And you're uh, listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back after the news. i 
Welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary. I'm just sitting here talking with my friend Howdy Russell, owner of Jumpin' Jack's. I say owner again, proprietor of Jumpin' Jack's House of Food. Uh, the one thing I've loved about Howdy is from day one, he wanted this restaurant to be a uh, place that would honor God. And he told us, I want you to have a SWAT group here. And so from day one, we started a Thursday morning SWAT group there. I think we, we've ranged from 20 to 30 guys for the last year or so. How long have you been open there now? Since June of 2017. Yeah, so for three years. Yeah. Three years you've been open, and we've been there, and uh, we've got 20 to 30 guys in there, and it's great every Thursday morning. We start back in the middle of September. Love for you to join us there. But, Howdy, we were talking about your faith. You You grew up with parents that divorced and not a home of faith. And can't you just see God's sovereignty and pulling you into his family? Not because it was there, but because he said, no, I want you, Howdy. Mm. I mean, isn't that awesome that he just plucked you and said, I want you here? You didn't go seeking him, right? No. I mean, absolutely not. When Paul talks about that he can't take any uh, any pride in it, uh, that's me. Uh, I wasn't looking for the Lord. I, I wasn't one of those guys who thought I was without, you know, uh, you know, something in my life that it needed to be filled. I didn't think I needed that. Um, when Teresa and I, and we were evenly yoked, uh, Teresa and I were evenly yoked when, uh, before we got married, when we got married, after we got married, we were a little bit, maybe unequally yoked when she came to the Lord and I wasn't there yet. But uh, that was after you were married, right? Right, yeah. right, right. And then uh, uh, when I came to the Lord, we both absolutely you know, like-minded about our approach um, that we knew that it wasn't anything we did. We knew we didn't deserve it. We knew we were blessed and we knew that we wanted to, uh, uh, we wanted to continue to, uh, to go after it, to investigate it. And we wanted to be stopped short of error, which didn't always happen. And we wanted to make sure that when we were doing things right, that we were growing that side of it. So, well, I, um, as long as I've known you, I know that God's word's been important to you and, uh, and following him has been important to you. And you've walked through some rough patches, uh, both in the business world and in your personal world with, with just with, with her illness, um, having that, having deal with kids uh, who are adults and also grandkids and also dealing with uh, even helping your parents at times. Uh, all those challenges, in, especially in the midst of COVID and in the midst of what's been going on in our culture and at the same time running a business, how have you 
maintained stability? Like how, how do you like through those, because in the business world, you've been very successful and not just the jumping jacks, but you had other restaurants you were involved with before that. Right. 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 And, uh, and other businesses where God has blessed you, but sometimes you do everything right, at least in your mind. And then other people or other things come into play. And sometimes it's people's fault. Sometimes it's just circumstances, but you found yourself on the receiving end sometimes of bad news or things that were very challenging way above your head, right? Well, I, I suppose so, just like everybody does. I mean, you talk to any individual on the street, and when you hear the, the horrors and the, and the challenges that they've had in their lives, everybody's got a story that is tremendous. And I, I guess I have that, um, but I don't know it. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like it. I, I definitely feel more blessed than you know cursed at all um i mean and and so it's really hard for me to point out you know negative things that have happened in my life and because of the word and because of the lord and the holy spirit honestly uh my approach our approach is to you know he's not going to give us anything that we can't handle as long as it's you know for his glory well as as long as his strength is the one is the one yeah, yeah yeah absolutely right and so that's the first thing we got to do is make sure that we're lined up there. And then it's like, okay, so we'll press on. You'll either give us the solution or you're going to close the door. And so uh, that's how we've proceeded. It doesn't mean that there's uh, uh, no angst because still my the human side of me still wants to work through problems. As a problem solver, I need to work through those and I need to solve those things. And so I've definitely had some nights where you know I'll wake up at 4 o'clock and the brain starts moving and I'm up. Uh, and you know, I got to solve this problem, solve that problem. So I can't wait for the day to start. I wish everybody else would get up, you know, Hey, Teresa, you up yet? <laughs> you know, cause it's time to, to go, uh, take care of some of these problems. Uh, and what I've found is that, uh, the comfort for me at four o'clock in the morning, uh, if I'm going to get back to sleep, the way I get back to sleep is, uh, I turn on Bible gateway and I let the Lord talk to me, uh, through his word and mm-hmm. go back to sleep. Yeah. His word is, is very comforting. Um, you know, recent this past Monday, um, our good brother uh, Frank Pierce's memorial service uh, took place at Christian Family Chapel, and Frank was one of those businessmen brothers too who um, wanted. I mean, he just he loved the Lord and he wanted to use whatever he did for the Lord. And I see you a lot in that same vein. And whether whether you're jumping jacks or singing whatever, I know. God is working through you and wants to, and you want him to use you in that process. And we, and we've had several conversations about my issues, things that I struggle with. And one of the things that you keep bringing to me is, well, what is God moving you to do? Not what do people tell you to do? Uh, how has that played for you over the years? That phrase, what is God? Has there been times where, God moved you to go against worldly wisdom? Uh, I know the answer. That's yeah. why I'm asking yeah, you that's that. A, yeah. That's a daily thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I really find it um, challenging. The same way that, that I was always uh, edgy whenever a group of people, whether it was a clique or a club or something like that, would invite me to join them, uh, I would get nervous because I'm like, why would you have somebody like me in your club? You must not be that good of a club. <laughs> Uh, it's the same way when it comes to worldly wisdom. And when I find myself going along with the mainstream, when you're named Howdy, you, you're looking at other things a whole different way. And when the world's saying go in one direction, I'm like, well, is there another direction? And 
more typically, I'm the guy that sees the little red button and goes, you know, and I punch it first and then go, what's that button for? <laughs> you're, um, you're a little impulsive there, maybe? Well, um, I don't know about imp- imp- impulsive. I don't I don't know if it's that. It's just, uh, you know, I'm definitely the, the guy that, uh, that says that, uh, honestly, the universe works perfectly. And so I'm the guy that challenges that. I'm, you know, well, let's see how it works when we do this. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, actually, the uh, the great theologian Cecil B. DeMille was the uh, <laughs> yeah. was the first guy that that actually you know hit me with uh, um, being a useful uh, utensil of the Lord, an instrument for the Lord. Because I watched Yule Brenner as Pharaoh, um, and I watched him get cursed and get cursed and get cursed and get cursed, and then I watched Moses, and it's like, you know, he, I mean, he got blessed, but I mean, he was in a position of uh, of doing a lot of good, but. Man, I mean, he also got a, he had a lot of problems there. But I was like, wow, which one is is doing the Lord's work and which one is not doing the Lord's work? And it became really obvious to me that the Lord was working through both of those men. And what I decided, or what I have decided, and it's a daily uh, uh, commitment, is I did not want to be Yule Brenner. I didn't want to be Pharaoh. I don't want to be used because of something I shouldn't have done, or something I did wrong, or something I didn't do in concert with the perfection of the universe. Um, I do want to be that guy that, you know, use me, Lord, you know, it'd be great if, uh, you know, if I had an impact. So, mm. well, you know, it's funny. I tried to show my girls that are home that movie, uh, the 10 commandments, uh, I'd forgotten how dated it was and they didn't follow it too well. I think they need to do a remake. Uh, it, it I still like it. And I think it's probably nostalgic for me and you probably, if we see it, but, uh, well, what would you say to the people out there that are entrepreneurial that may be in a business that's struggling or they may be employees that are struggling they have dreams um but they i know you go speak around the country you know and you talk about leadership and you talk about stuff to encourage people in the midst of this pandemic right now a lot of people are out of work there's a lot of people that are struggling because if they do have work they're working from home um, what would you say if they were your employees to encourage them in the midst of this, um, to encourage them as a, as a servant of God, your servant, but knowing that they're working out in a secular world, they're not working for the church. They're working for an employer. So on, we, you know, you go do that. You go talk to people all over the, the, the United States about how to function and you are a believer telling them. So what do you tell those people? Well, again, another very famous theologian, Simon Sinek, um, actually has a really great approach about your business. I, I think that the, the guys who get into the restaurant business because they like food are the absolute wrong people. I, I think that, uh, you know, um, I, I, the, you never have enough money to do what you need to do. Yeah. Um, and, and But Simon Sinek said, come up with a why. Why are you in business? Why are you doing what you're doing? And then you should be able to convey that to customers, employees, vendors. Everybody's a stakeholder in the business. And so that's what we did when the COVID became obvious that it was going to severely impact our business. We went to the major stakeholders first, which are our managers with Troy and Charles and Dana and the other managers and said, it's up to you guys. We've got to make this happen. I don't want to let anybody go. I don't want to cut anybody's pay, but it's up to you to make it happen. And that's the guys who responded overnight and, and started that change. Well, so you you got buy-in from your people is what it sounds like, which is what we, we should be doing. You, you cast a vision and get buy-in. 
and they help you fulfill the vision and you serve them. And that's what I love about the way you lead that restaurant as you serve. Well, hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. Doug McCary from His Light Ministries talking to Howdy Russell, Jumpin' Jack's House of Food. We're going to be back for our last break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walks away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. For the good Lord has come to seek and save. He's on Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary, and this is our last segment. That was our last break, <laughs> and I kind of ran that together. But how, we're here with Howdy Russell, Jumpin' Jack's House of Food. And uh, Howdy, uh, one of the things that we did at SWAT is uh, we decided to buy the St. John's County Sheriff's Office uh, food one day from your restaurant. It was a win-win support the restaurant, support the local restaurant, and also support the local law enforcement guys who are out there dealing with uh, COVID and all that stuff and, and helping. And I know people are doing that for first responders and healthcare people as well. And uh, it's still a good idea. So if you're listening, maybe your church, maybe your organization would like to do that, uh, you know, go out and uh, howdy packaged a whole bunch of burgers and some pizzas and we just took it out there it was a real easy process 
And it's a good way to support local businesses and restaurants. And uh, uh, the guys at St. John's have the best burgers they ever had. I yeah. told you, I tell everybody that. Mm-hmm. And they go, really? I think what I like about it is it tastes like a burger I put on my back grill, you know? <laughs> anyway, um, you have been a uh, part of the His Light Board now for a few years. And I'm so grateful. Um, I've had Bud on here and, um, I've got, you know, I, I still got to get a couple of the other guys on, but I, I'm grateful to have you on here because you were an integral part of SWAT radio coming to be and, and the way we've continued to, uh, function and you approve all this stuff so we can do it. And I just, um, want to thank you again publicly for that over the air because we do get emails and texts from people up in Virginia and Mississippi and out West. And we're very grateful to be able to do this. And in the midst of what we're dealing with now, what do you see from a spiritual perspective? Cause I know you've, you, you know, you've been a elder and a leader and you're, like I said, you're on our board. Uh, what do you see for the next six to eight months I mean, I know the election's coming in. Are you concerned at all? Do you see an economic downturn? Do you see a time that Christians ought to really start putting money aside? As a businessman, if I come to you as a consultant for all our listeners and say, hey, what is your nuggets of wisdom for the believers out there in light of what's coming for us in America? Wow. What a great question because it's situational. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, Fortune 500 company, a uh, company that has a different kind of cash flow, has a different process. So I, I don't know about that. Uh, for our sake, um, our strategy from the very beginning of this COVID crunch was to uh, – it, it started in March. And right away, uh, they canceled the uh, TPC and they canceled March Madness. And the, uh, the way that winners win in March Madness is to survive the round – and advance. And so that became a mantra to us that was uh, provided by Mark Cagnasola uh, from uh, Jacksonville Beach uh, to simply survive. The, was his dad the, the SAC? And uh, uh, yeah, I remember right. him. Yep. Yeah. That's true. That's true. He was a, a bureau guy. I remember that. Yep. And uh, um, our, our strategy was to, was to just survive the initial crunch, the initial three months. And then advance. Um, I mean, it, it, it saddened me to see the restaurants that and businesses that closed down, especially the ones that closed down really quick. Um, there are quite a few of them that have closed, and and not just here. Lori and I have traveled a little bit, and man, we we see Jimmy John's in different places closing, pizza place. I mean, these these small restaurants are closing all over. Well, it's the reality. When your business drops eighty five percent, there's nothing to run the business on anymore. Uh, you have rent to pay, you have bills to pay, and you have employees that need to be paid. So, um, I mean, it is. I mean, shutting down a business is a reality. Um, staying going, um, you know, yes. I mean, cash is king. A business, I, a wise guy, um, a wise man, uh, once taught me that a business never closed because it was losing money. Uh, business closes because it has no more cash. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you have enough cash to support the business, even if it's losing money, it, it can stay open. Um, and so that becomes the key is uh, the controlling that that cash flow, making sure that you have enough cash. So 
um, absolutely tightening the belts, taking uh, you know, trying not to take distributions of uh, of profits and things like that uh, is a is a good idea. Just because I mean the the rules, the mandates that change, the social pressures, the government pressures happen overnight. Where uh, the government says you can reopen for business and you can fill up to fifty percent. Uh, there were businesses that were breathing a sigh of relief, and they had empty walk-ins and uh, of food and uh, no beverages to drink, and so they 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 committed uh, to getting all that stock back in. And then a week later, we're told they had to shut back down. Um, so those kinds of things, it's like okay, there goes your cash again. Um, so um, are you open right now for dine-in? We we're we're open with fifty uh, percent maximum capacity, okay. uh, adhering to the CDC guidelines. Our staffs uh, are wearing uh, masks. I'm not comfortable with masks in, in my career with Paul Davis Restoration where I learned uh, 24-hour uh, hazmat hazwopper training on personal protection equipment. It taught us that uh, these face masks are not really all that, that really useful. But one of the things that they do very effectively is teach all the people that can see somebody in a mask that uh, we need to be careful. So we need to stay. Yeah, if you, know, you see somebody ten- in your mask, you're going, okay, why are they wearing a mask? It, you- it just heightens the awareness, which is not necessarily good for business, but at the same time, it is good for health to at least just be conscious of it. That I mean, you and I have done that. Uh, we're, right now we're greater than six feet apart. Um, and it, so it does, you know, bring that to mind. And, it, uh, you know, it, it, it's certainly a small price to pay in the, in the grand scheme of things. Um, so managing those kinds of issues, cash is number one uh, with any business is how are you funding it? Uh, faking it doesn't work. Uh, and then in trying to hit the greatest amount of, of, uh, of people that would uh, purchase your goods or services would, is very important. And one of the things that we were able to hit on without anticipating this was uh, we wanted to hit a wide array of customers that could visit our restaurants several times a week as opposed to a one-off deal. I mean, if you have a... Uh, uh, you know, you have a hibachi restaurant uh, where you're serving, you know, steak, you know, uh, you know you're, you're cooking steak table side. Your chances of going to that restaurant maybe once a month if you have a lot of it, and it might even be less than that, whereas we think that with our with what we serve and what we do, there are several times a week. Oh, I could do those burgers at least <laughs> once a week. Yes. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, they're good. Uh, problem is uh, I like them too much, and I like your sweet potato fries, too. Uh, we've taken out all of the calories, all the carbohydrates. <laughs> right? So, yeah, they've all been removed <laughs> yeah. secretly. Well, so. that's good. And you look like a million bucks. Oh, pfft, so yeah, know. thank you for that. Well, uh, hey, you know, just in your spiritual journey, as, as growing up from a family – that was divided, you know, because your your mom left your dad. Um, how did that impact you as a dad? Like, I mean, like, did that? Did you think about that? I mean, I know you were uh, you were active in the church. I know you wanted your kids to grow up loving the Lord, but in the back of your mind, did you think about that? Was that something that you thought about? Well, it's pretty funny because when you look at the Bible and you want to see examples of, uh, you know, who are the good examples of good fathers in the Bible? Crickets. Crickets. And it's like, <laughs> but, 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 but when it really comes down to it, who is the best father in the Bible? And actually, Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, was a pretty good father, must have been a pretty good father, uh, although we don't see the detail on that. And then there's God the Father, and it's like, oh, okay, there's a perfect example. And then the second question is, how do you become a husband? And, you know, you look at the husbands and everything from, you know, Abraham and, no, not him, and Adam, no, not him. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of examples of uh, not that great of husbands. Joseph must have been a good husband, but where's the good examples of that? 
And then it's like, oh, that's right. Uh, Jesus was husband of the church. And it's like, so that you have a good example with that. With those two examples, and then looking at the, well, don't do these other things, including my, uh, you know, my own examples in my life, um, it, 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 it told me that I can't lean on my own understanding on how to be a father or how to be a, a husband. I literally am going to be dependent on God's example as a father and on Jesus' example as, as a husband and uh, of the church. And, uh, I mean, I, I certainly have failed at that fallen, you know, severely short of where I need to be with those things, but I had no chance uh, had I not done that. Yeah. I, well, that you know, you bring up a good point as God is – very, um, very faithful in taking failures or men who fail, I'd say men who fail and use them to be, uh, his instruments so that his glory shines through. Well, Howdy, that really kind of wraps up our, our program today. I I'm so grateful that you were able to come in. Uh, again, we're talking to Howdy Russell, Jumpin' Jack's house of food. Uh, great, great. Uh, food there if you're in the jacksonville area if you're in virginia or mississippi and you come to jacksonville on your way down to see mickey stop in and go to jj hof that's jumping jack's house of food and get you a burger say hi to howdy or dana or charlie or troy those are his managers and they're all good and the place is awesome and you'll be back because <laughs> it's good so uh, thank you so much, Howdy. For Thank you for being on the board again, and thank you for your input into my life. I really love you and appreciate you as a brother. Thank you, Doug. I love you too. Well, hey, uh, I hope that you'll join us tomorrow on SWAT Radio. We're going to be back, and we'll be kind of finishing up our week uh, talking about Francis Chan's letters to the church. It would be a good day for you to call in tomorrow and join us live. You can call in. At 844 tomorrow, 777-7928. That's 1-844-777-7928 SWAT. Or you can send a any question you want, ask at SWATradio.com. We'll try to take that question and answer it. Thank you so much for listening. We thank you for our sponsors and thank you to Jumpin' Jack's House of Food for letting Howdy come in here and be with us today. I hope you have a blessed day and we'll be back tomorrow on SWAT Radio. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual